this is good news and it's bad news. It's good news and it's bad news. Nobody cares as much as you're supposed to about you. It's good news and it's bad news. Nobody cares about you as much as you need to care about you. It's bad news because we live in a culture where everybody feels they need to have a crew or a circle or people to hold their arms or people to support them. And sometimes we forget that the people that we are expecting to lean on and depend on have their own stuff, right? And you can have the most amazing, beautiful, caring, present people in your life, but I want to tell you something. Sometimes the best way that you can love a friend is to love yourself so that they can have the time to love themselves, if that makes sense. There are some people in our lives that are so in tune and concerned about our wellness that there are things that even they cannot do for themselves. Like somebody is so worried about you that they pray and think and hope and bring you a healthy meal and pray that you create boundaries in your life. And that is essentially the barrier for them to create boundaries in their life. And I say that to say that nobody is supposed to care about you as much as you care about yourself. You are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. Again, my name is Dominique Bomonte, and I'm your host. And I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. And um, you already know what this episode is about. And so let's get into it. So let me tell you one thing that I hate. And I don't know if it's because of the way that I look. So let me tell you, let me, let me just lay the foundation for just think this, of this, this episode. So I live in a building in the middle of some city, the downtown of some city. If you know me, you know what city. If you don't, whatever. It's Sacramento. And I live in a great building. I love my place. Like, you know, I live on the top floor. Like, it, not that's not boasting anything. It's not that at all. But I love living in the space that I live in. I love being able to look at the window and just see things or whatever. Uh, and I've lived in this space, um, which has been very liberating for me because I love 
natural light and windows and all this kind of stuff. And this space has brought that joy to my life. But anyway, I live in this space um, since last November. And since the time that I lived here, uh, the second floor of my building um, was space that was occupied by businesses, but had since been renovated since I've lived here uh, to be um, come uh, rental units. So uh, lots of new people have moved into this small building and it's great. Um, but one day I had walked to Target, which is like in my neighborhood, and I had gotten a little bit fatigued from walking to Target. So when I got back to my building, opened my door, sat down on the bench, some new people who I didn't know, and I feel like I know everybody in the building, right? Um, some new people who I didn't know, who had clearly just moved into the building, seen me, and they were like looking at me. They didn't know each other. It was two separate people who had just moved into the building. And they didn't know each other. And they both got in the elevator, and the way that our elevator is, is set up, like you have to key yourself up to your floor um, once you get in the elevator. In fact, the elevator doesn't even work unless you've already been keyed into the building so i'm sitting there resting i mean i don't know what i looks like but whatever i looks like when i decided to join the other two people in the elevator after i had got done resting and the elevator was open they like let the elevator slut now i don't want to go into like race and that kind of thing but i'm sure that a, a part of that was a piece of that was a part of that um but it caused me to think about like the fact that I don't know what I was looking like. I don't know why this is the the self-reflection that I had. I kept reflecting on like, what was I looking like sitting in that lobby that people who are new to the building thought to themselves, this person can't live here. And I'm eliminating in my mind race and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm, I, I'm 90% sure that that played a part in it. But I was just thinking about like... Well, even saying it outside outside of my mouth, I got some feedback from myself in saying it because I live here. It doesn't matter what I look like. But anyway, take, take that take that out of your mind. The bigger picture is that I had some reflection about what I might have looked like from a from the vantage point of self care, right? And I started thinking about that, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was just kind of reflecting on like the day that I had, the fact that I had become fatigued from such a short walk and like just all this stuff. And um, it just kind of like, it just overwhelms me, right? I got kind of anxious and I was just sort of, a lot of thoughts are coming into my head and like naturally, like when you are being hard on yourself, you're self-deprecating, like a part of you knows what to do to be better right? Like I knew what I needed to do around that time. I had been ill. I was in the house. I knew I needed to just, I needed to shave. I needed to like drink some water. Like I knew what I needed to do that day. Um, and so part of me was like, dude, what did I look like to these people? <laughs> was that like a vagabond or somebody that didn't belong here? And then the other part about me was like, well, you do need to shave, like you do need to take a shower, like you need to get your life together. And so I was thinking about that and I don't know, it was, it was, it was just the weirdest thing because I wanted to, I just started thinking about how frustrated 
I have been, and I think other people can identify with me around this idea of self-care because I've really had to negotiate. Like when I didn't have any money, and some of you might be able to identify with this. When I didn't have any money, like self-care was centered around when I get some money, I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the spa or I'm going to go on a trip. That's how I've seen self-care. But when I got money, it was weird because it's sort of like, well, the things that used to be self-care or used to present themselves as self-care are now just luxuries that are a part of my life. And so it's not really care anymore. And so I'm really annoyed by this concept of self-care because generally it's presented by other people who have this like deep concern based on the way you look or based on, you know, whether you're single or married or whether you're fat or skinny and all this different stuff. So I'm reflecting about all this stuff and just getting really frustrated with like the ways that self-care has been introduced to me, what people think. Like I've had people to, I mean, especially church people can be very critical. So, and that's the world that I live in where people are regularly connecting, whether it's being married or single with self-care or maybe saying like, oh, you need to get a good wife so that you can, you know, have a salad. And it's like, well, that's weird, but like, because what if I got a wife that doesn't eat salad either? Anyway, so frustrated about this idea of self care because of the way that people projected on you and had this crazy, some this epiphany. Usually, most of my epiphanies are driven by something that happens at church or something that happens at work because those are the places that I place a lot of my energy and time and concern and care, whether it be the people or the processes or whatever. And so I, I had this interesting epiphany around um, self-care because I never really owned it for myself. Like I would see it as a reward, right? Like if I work hard, then I'll get something. There's like this pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and I'll get that. Um, and because I can afford it, I can actually like <laughs> get that pot of gold in the middle of what it, whatever it is that I'm endeavoring to accomplish. And that was the way that my heart settled on it. But the challenge that this epiphany sort of revealed to me is that the way that I experienced self-care really had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with what other people thought that I should do in order to, whether it's just getting rest or, you know, not showing up to everything. Um, and essentially when I would create these boundaries, whether it's like not picking up the phone or not going somewhere or not saying yes, like I, I would note that that was what other people thought that I should do, but it didn't necessarily equate to the outcomes that I needed to have in my life to feel more healthy, if that makes sense. And so what I realized is I have to be able to define self-care for myself like i have to be able to attach self-care to an outcome and the outcome can't just be that i had a good time right there has to, especially the older that you get some of my a couple of my friends were talking about retirement and they were talking about this idea that the most beautiful thing about retirement is this hope that when you retire you will be healthy shout out to tish and elma I just, you know, they were talking about this. I was like kind of listening to what they were saying, but they weren't really talking to me. They were talking to themselves because they're closer to retirement than I am, um, kind of, sort of. Um, 
But I was listening to them talk about this idea of like what they wanted to do when they retired. And, and, and then they connected that idea to an idea of being healthy and then choices that they were making like every day. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's exactly this sort of concept that I've been thinking a lot about, like how to put, like how to make self-care something real in my life that is tangible, that, that, that has results that I can be proud of that don't have anything to do with other people. And that's where this thought came to me. Like nobody cares. Nobody is supposed to care. As me as an adult man, nobody is supposed to care about me more than I'm supposed to care about myself. And and that's not to say that God doesn't care about me or that there are people around me who don't care about me, but it's to say that even in those people's, they're, they're, even when they have maxed out on their capacity to care for me, there's never a time where I myself can max out on my intention to care for myself because those people have their selves to take care of and they will move on to take care of themselves and they will realize some of them will realize that it is anti self-care to be trying to take care of somebody that has not decided that they want to take care of themselves more right so this is not about who loves me it's about how much i love myself Right. And so self-love is bigger and, and better than self-care because self-love is this sort of eternal response that we have to pursuing our own well-being. I don't even know if that makes sense, but it makes sense to me. Self-love is like, it's like when you hear people talking about love. Like you hear people saying, well, I love such and such, but I don't like them. Because love is just so unconditional and eternal and doesn't have anything to do with, <laughs> like, what happened today or what happened yesterday. When you love, you love. Life is a little bit different. Um, and so... I say all that to say that I think that we have to be more intentional about how we love ourselves and who we have depended on to love us to the point of self-care and self-love, right? And if we love the people that love us to the point of self-care, how much more could we make those people that we love happier, healthier by loving ourselves better. And then there is God, right? Who God says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, that our bodies are temples created for him to dwell in. And even though we are made of clay, he still like invested all this stuff in us, like our our wit, our conscious, our brain, our being, our knowledge, everything that we have, every are the essence of who we are is a gift from God that He's poured into this body of clay. And 
we can manifest who God created us to be in the best possible way through the lens of self-love and health, right? Because you can be, so I had a kidney stone. I had a kidney stone and I really didn't know that I've had kidney stones before because I thought I was having just severe back pain. And when I would have kidney stones, like in the earlier stages, I would think like, oh, when did I trip? Or maybe I fell. I would be backtracking on like some experience that I had because I didn't know. And because I didn't know, it equated to greater health issues. And I didn't know that. So I'm in the I'm in the Starbucks and like sort of dealing with like week four or day four or five of this kidney stone and a lovely lady from my church walks in she's a nurse and I started having this conversation with her about kidney stones and she says you know ideally you know if you drink enough water and fluids and walk around and rest and move like kidney stones will pass but if you let kidney stones stay for too long, they have all these residual effects. And I think she said you, you get fevers or night sweats. She started listing the things that come as a result of kidney stones being there too long. And she said, if they're too big to pass, you need to go to the doctor, depending on how long you're experiencing the pain. Because for the, when, when the kidney stone is too big and can't be, um, you know, washed away with water or liquids or whatever you're drinking, like they have to be surgically removed. So I'm listening to her have this conversation. And then I started, I started backtracking on other times when I thought I was having severe back pain, but I was really having um, these um, kidney stones that because I didn't know how to properly treat them, that I was also um, you know, dealing with the residual effects of the kidney stones. So I started thinking about this, this, this as a cycle, right? Like not knowing, you know, what's going on in your body, then therefore not knowing how to treat what's going on in your body, therefore experiencing not just the pain of what's going on, but the result of the pain and the result of just, it just, it just, it just keeps getting worse. And it opened my eyes to this idea of, self-care and that person gave me the best possible advice from their medical position but it was my responsibility to do something with that advice it was my responsibility to say i gotta drink three liters of water today i gotta drink i gotta take a shot of apple cider vinegar i gotta do all the things that are necessary to flush my body and if i don't if i'm unable to flush my body of this thing then i need to go to the doctor and i need to have a conversation with the doctor i don't need to assume that it's something that it's not and try to brush it away for as long as i can and in that process the lord spoke to my heart and said nobody is more responsible for the health of your heart, for the health of your mind, 
for the health of your consciousness, for the health of your being more than you. Like you are ultimately responsible for everything that I have put in you to be and to do. And you cannot be who you are called to be without proper maintenance of who you are, your being. Like you don't, you need everything that you are to be everything that you are called to be. And it just, there's a, I feel really guilty because of all the times that I brush things off, right? Um, Because some of times we're taught that wellness is just acting like things don't exist and being, thinking positive and that kind of thing. And wellness is sometimes asking the right questions taking the appropriate actions based on the information that you get. So at the end of the day, that's what the Lord spoke to my heart, that nobody is, there's nobody that's supposed to love me more than I am called to love myself. And it's a gift to me because I get to wake up in the morning and create intention around loving myself. And it's not selfish. It's not selfish. It's not selfish. It's not selfish at all. Because it's not rooted in selfishness. It's actually rooted in obedience to God. It's actually rooted in surrendering to his will for your life. That's what it is, right? It's like, how can I be who I'm supposed to be? And the answer is... But sometimes we want God to do all this stuff. We want God to give us the perfect job. We want God to give us all this stuff. And he's just like, you wouldn't even be able to handle that anyway. Because you'd burn the wick out on both ends. Like, you don't take time to refresh yourself. Like, you don't... Somebody said that, and I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. But this is interesting, but... Somebody was talking about heart health and all the things in your body that are connected to brushing your teeth. Something that, you know, people are just like, oh, that's, you know, just get up in the morning and do it. But then you, some people are doing it twice a day. And there is science that proves that there are people who are more healthy whether it be whether it's heart health or just law, just overall health, because they make the decision to prioritize just brushing their teeth. You don't need no money to do that, except for the little money that you need to buy some. And then toothpaste is expensive. All you need is the will to care for yourself. And so I ask you, I ask you, what are those areas in your life that you have not shown yourself love that you've avoided? that you have enough information to make a change, but you have it. Who are the people that you're stressing out because you're not loving yourself enough? Who are the people that would be relieved, that you say you love, that would be relieved if you took the time to care for yourself better? And then do it for yourself and do it for them. Let's say a word for prayer, of prayer. Father, we thank you because you woke us up today and that ultimately means that you've given us another chance to be good stewards of what you have given us, who you have called us to be.
And I pray that every person under the sound of my voice knows that they have what it takes to care for themselves, to protect their hearts, to guard their hearts, to be um, good stewards of everything in their possession. I pray over the lives of every person that they will know your love and that they will know your love is connected to their self-love and preservation. Help us, show us what to do, give us the resources to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Season with song, with song.